0: Expounded Universe, Season 7, Episode 3, Hyperdriving Miss Daisy. The book, Vector Prime by R.A. Salvatore, Chapters 5 and 6, The Year, 1999, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast, featuring me, a uh, Jeff, and that guy over there, the John. Yeah, the only one. Oh, yeah, I'm giving you some special attention today. Yeah, you've been, you've been a good John. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't want a cold watermelon slice. <laughs> I really don't. No, not at all. I don't so, like watermelon. No. Hey, everyone out there, I don't like watermelon. Tell me how wrong I am. That's fine. You can, you don't have to tell him. He probably just ate some bad watermelon, because sometimes watermelon can be pretty bad. You it's, get that mushy watermelon. That mealy watermelon yeah, is me. That's residue. not a good thing to get in your mouth. It's like falling apart in there. It's like it's like cotton candy that leaves way more residue. <laughs> it's not what you want. Yeah. But nice, fresh watermelon. Oh, that is that is chef's kiss delicious. <laughs> so in those situations, I have to disagree with him. Mm. One mm. of the things I like to do with watermelon, John, is I just get a bunch of it. Carve a hole in there. uh, Yeah, carve a hole in there, microwave it for about 45 seconds. (laughs) And then I pour vodka in there. Uh huh. Hot vodka toddy melons, I call it. (laughs) Everybody loves it. Uh huh. It's fantastic. No, I like to cut the rind off and just throw it straight up in a blender with like some lime juice and then just drink that shit. That is fucking great. What, the rind? Yeah, just the rind. Yeah, you take, to cut the rind, off, cut the rind throw off, throw it in a blender. Throw it in a blender, uh-huh, then dump that shit out because you ruined it. <laughs> then uh, then take the watermelon meat and put that in there. Oh, does, does blending the rind ruin it? Is there a different way that you would like to prepare the rind? <laughs> yes. I would like the rind served atop a barrel of scrambled eggs to someone else. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. So, uh, how you doing? I'm all right. I thought I was going to be real tired. Because I've been all tired today, but for some reason I've perked up, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I didn't see you in any of your usual online hangouts today, so I figure you must have really been in bed hard. Yeah, I was really bedding it hard today. How, how's your new uh, CPAP machine doing for you? Uh, I haven't been using it the last few nights. Oh shit, that's not good. Uh, Because the with the kitchen in the house being all messed up as it is right now. Oh, you can't clean it. It... Yeah, cleaning it is a bear of a project that I can't really do, so it's just sort of been sitting there. Yeah, your house is undergoing some major uh, revisions at the moment. Or just repairs, really. Renovations. There's nothing new happening. There, I don't know maybe did, did the uh, owners of the house Decide to make some changes While they're having Their house torn apart Or no Well I mean they have to Because like The entire floor Leading into the house Is gone oh, So okay. that needs to be replaced Well I mean like Are they going to make Any act- like uh, improvements In anywhere Or is it just a replaced job uh, Probably new sink New countertops Okay that door to the garage they've been wanting, maybe? No, probably not, because okay. that's not going to be covered. Oh, no, that's true. That's All true. the rest of this is under Good insurance. point. So anyway, this has been a super exciting conversation of relevance only to the two of us and some of our friends. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening tonight, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> on What's Going On in John's House. <laughs> next episode's about my house. <laughs> what's Going On in John's House, the Jeff's House edition. It's not big enough. Okay, thank you so much for listening. All right, anyway, this is going to be chapters five and six of Vector Prime, and chapter five begins, as all chapter fives must. (laughs) All of them. Every single... Regardless of book. Go back to previous episodes. Jack, you'll see I'm right. You know the ones. (laughs) Uh, I... God, I've already forgotten the order of the chapters, John. You want to so, leave this project? Ch- chapter five is the all Yuzhan Vong chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I was going to say it started in space on, on uh, the the Jade Saber, but no, you're right. No, that's six. That's six. Five okay. is all Yuzhan Vong all the time as we jump back and forth between one of the uh, the actual incoming Yuzhan Vong that's on that spaceship that they caught from... Uh, Yeoman cars. little watch station. It's a 10-kilometer-across ball-of-living coral. Good. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, uh, And it's presided over by the prefect of the ship, and his name is like Gardara or something like that. Garbarbajar. (laughs) Garmanarnar. I'll get back to that one. Uh, Yeah, so we have... Dagara, right? Yeah, Dagara. Dagara, yeah. So we have Dagara, and we have then it going back over to... uh, belkin or whatever for uh yeoman Carr and mm-hmm. is mostly gloating he spends the whole chapter sitting quietly and gloating in his own head because we really start out and everyone's watching uh the ship from here still thinking it's a meteor yeah they now think that the thing that's approaching is probably a meteorite uh, and they think it's... go Or Meteor, excuse me, John had the right of it. Wow. And and uh, that that it's probably going to impact the fourth moon of some system that no one lives in. Yes. Or the fourth planet of some system that it lives in. An all ice planet, just ice and water. And so now they're super excited because they're going to get to witness this, this cool collision. Well, yeah, all of them are, you know, actually excited now because up until this point, they've just been looking out into space at nothing. But now, whereas, like... The observation station had like three people in it ever yeah now like everyone is packed in there all the time yeah so there there's a whole lot of excitement running all across the uh this outbound view whatever they call themselves the X gals yeah the X gal project the x gal 4 uh, which because they're all like oh cool at least we're gonna need to see a cool space explosion yeah that thing's going fast enough that when it hits that Ice planet. It's just gonna blow that mother up. Yeah. Now it's kind of a disappointment. I, I would figure they'd want to go study that thing because it came from outside the galaxy. That's neat, right? Yeah. But instead, now they're just excited about watching a fireworks show. Well, I mean, towards the end of this, they're like, "Oh, we gotta contact now. We have to actually contact like the Republic and all our scientist people so that they can go to this ice planet so they can actually see what the hell's going on and." check on it and do all their scientific rigor things because it's still going to be i think at the start of the chapter another like three or four days before it gets there yes so but uh, they try to and they can't oh no they can't make phone calls it's almost like someone gnawed through the cables with their weird pain fetish <laughs> almost not 100 percent. uh so so now the so now they know that the uh, cables are broken they're going to try to fix that first but that's a trap because that's not the only broken thing yeah of course all of that Goes back and forth between this and the, the Vong on the ship. So Prefect Degara is talking to his loyal crew aboard the, I think they're called Coral Skippers or something. The, yeah, the, the giant vessel that he's in charge of, a ten kilometer across alive thing because it's a Eugen Vong thing. Yeah, all their stuff is alive. Yeah, uh and he's, he's like, all right, tell the Doven Basils to increase their. Dovin, whatever. They're uh, basiling. They're basiling. Make of the- this more basily. <laughs> Put more basil in this. Yes, we really want to amp the Italian flavors of this planet. Uh, the Dovin basils, or whatever the fuck they're called, ba- are... Like basil? It's part of a nervous system. Ba- 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 your basal nervous system. And these things word. are... The propulsors of the ship, but instead of like actually propulsing via shooting like stuff out the back, yeah, they don't use Newton's third law. They they, they u- are attracted to gravitational fields, and they can like pick point them. anywhere. They can pick an, a gravitational field and make it the gravi- and make the gravity affect them, thus pulling them towards it as if they were falling in that direction. Yeah, so they have a like, constant uh, speed-up thing, because they're just like, yeah, we keep pulling towards whatever well, yeah, we're going well, at. There's no, uh, there's no terminal velocity in space, effectively, no. outside of the speed of light. But they don't really mention whether or not these things can pull faster than the speed of light. Uh, they have to be able to, because otherwise this, these they're coming from an, the next galaxy over. That's really fucking far away. Yeah, I'm sure that there is going to be... Something that's like, oh, here's a big marmot, and it farts out a wormhole that we jump through. Yeah, that they we haven't seen how they do hyperspace yet, but they have to. Yeah. It's just right now they don't need to do hyperspace anymore because they're in Dovin basal range. Uh and they can tweak how much they're pointed at whatever gravitational field. Yeah, and they can also change it from suck to blow. Yeah. Uh, well they, it's Okay, we're pointing at whatever, Mm -hmm. and it's pulling it towards us. If we point it slightly away from that, so only a little bit of it is pointed at the gravitational field, then it's only pulling a little bit, and if we need to slow down, we point it towards some other gravitational field so that it starts slowing us because it's pulling a different direction. Yes. Uh, So anyway, he's like, tell the Dovin basils to increase speed by a percentage or something. And uh, his the second-in-command type dude that he's talking to is like, yes, sir, uh, w- aren't you worried that we might get spotted as not a natural object then? Well, yeah, it's two shulb. Two shulb. Sh- thanks for everything, uh-huh. Julie Newmar. <laughs> <laughs> two shulb And two shulb is like, really? You want more speed? And, of course, this is one of those races where the second you do anything to question a commander he's got to be like oh a thousand apologies sir you have infected my honor with your dishonor and now i must have your spine yeah it's one of those species although to be fair that's not what happens no because he's like oh this guy actually is like wily and he knows things and he showed proper proper deference in questioning me go ahead you may continue so it's not it's not the worst they appear to be at least medium pragmatic so, uh, so yeah. Tushulb is like, what if we get spotted? And oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Your Highness. I, you, here's my neck or whatever the fuck. Uh, and he's like, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, because his whole thing is, if we increase speed, n- normally meteors don't really do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you don't really see, like I'm a comet and I'm accelerating. Yeah, and his his response is, who would even be looking over here? Do you doubt the effectiveness of Yeoman Carr? And. Of course, he has to do that, oh, a million apologies again, sir, thing, but, you know, I kind of might doubt the abilities of Yeoman Kar. I mean, Yeoman Karp gets off on a lot of nipple stuff, sir. <laughs> so, sir, Yeoman Kar may just be in his room taking on and off the Uglith masker. He may be wait- mostly taking off the nipple part of the Uglin masker, sir, Uglith. <laughs> uh. But, I mean, realistically, he should be like, well, no, I don't doubt Yeoman Carr's ability, sir, but what if any other random outbound pointing satellite picks us up? I mean, it's a big galaxy. <laughs> There's plenty of people out here. If someone happened to be looking at it and see it hmm. accelerate, they might go, that's weird, and check it out. Yeah, our plan to send in two guys seems like it might be a little limited, sir. <laughs> but yet, it will work perfectly because they're the Eugene Vaughn." Mm-hmm. So, anyway, he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, Anyway, do increase speed, please. Thank you. Which, great. But then Degara's got his own thing he needs to go take care of, which is looking at the Yamask. Yamask, which we talked about in a recent bonus episode. So, remember, if you're not on our bonus content already, you should get on that shit. Yeah, if you want a more in-depth on the Yamask, then uh, we already done did that. Yamask's are basically giant octopi uh, brains, giant octopi brains. Some of their tentacles are for mobility, and some of them are for exploring their environment. And the ones that are for exploring their environment are like kilometers long, so that's how big they are. Yeah, in the book it says, like, oh, he had some thick tentacles, but then his thin ones were 10 kilometers. I'm like, really? It's a long tentacle. Really? And a short skirt. That's what I love. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's uh, also trading his Mercedes for a white Chrysler LeBaron. (laughs) the The giant buck toothed <laughs> brain with we'll get to that. We'll get to that is the like strategy planner. It's called a war coordinator. So its whole thing. This is entire they 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 bred a kilometer across octopus head to play risk basically. Uh, and and it's an important. It's it's as important to the war effort and to this invasion as any given single uh, Yu Jen Vong themselves. Yeah, because. I guess it's, it's like their tactics computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this a, giant it, it's thing. a giant tactics computer. Uh, it, they don't mention whether or not it's sentient exactly. They just say it's super good at tactical analysis and planning invasions. Yes, but its weird little filament things are coiled and twitching and reveal to Dagara its desire to begin. Its desire to begin. Indeed. <laughs> the Yamosk was eager. So was Dagara. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, they looked at each other's eyes (laughs) deeply. I like your, uh, I like the fic you're starting up here. Well, as soon as I got to the yamask was eager. So was Dagara. I'm like, Mm. ooh, something's going on in that tentacle. Tentacles are quivering with desire, (laughs) ugh, and shivering with antissa. Pop. Patient. Okay. So anyway, uh. They accelerate. Meanwhile, back on the planet Belkadan or whatever the fuck it is, uh, they they see that it accelerates and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's not a pl- that, that's not a meteor. That must be a comet." And not because it's accelerating, but because they see a tail. It's got a tail, and also because it makes sense. Comets do accelerate as they come closer to the grav grav their orbit their uh, gravity well. Uh, so. Anyway, they see it's got a a short tail, but a tail nonetheless. They're like, look, it's definitely a comet. That's amazing. I can't wait to find out more crap about that. Meanwhile, Yeoman Carr looks on and he's like, ha ha, how little these humans know of our gross technology. (laughs) Yeah. Every time any one of the people on this research station makes a educated comment on something that you would think about what's going on here. He's like, Oh, ho, ho, these humans. So stupid and primitive. It's like, okay, at this point we've met four uh, Yuzhen Vong, right? And I like three of them a lot. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Nomenor. He's, he's just sort of an aggressive douchebag. That's amazing. And I'm liking this Degara guy so far because he's pretty practical and and good to his uh, his mates and so on. Tushul seems like he's got a lot to teach us about too cool things. Has a lot to teach us mm-hmm. if you just let him. Let me spin this chair around. Let's talk about Jesus. He's too cool for Shulb. Uh, he's too Shulb for school. <laughs> so, but uh, Yo, but but but, but uh, Noman or yeoman Carr, uh, I could take or leave him. Uh, yeah. So. They're like, oh, it's got a tail. That proves the theories that outside of our galaxy is cold instead of warm or something. Yeah, there was like a theory that, uh, there disproves a theory that it's hot out there. It's which is real a, hot out there. We think that outside the galaxy is real hot, which is why no one goes there. It's like when you live in a little city that's surrounded by desert. It's <laughs> like uh, it's like if you're in Vegas, you're like, my theory about the rest of Nevada is that it's unpleasantly hot. <laughs> Uh, and you're right. <laughs> that's why I stay in this air conditioned hotel. Uh but the uh yeoman car has to be like, ooh, that's not a tail. That's individual fighter ships that are being dragged behind the big ship for some reason. Okay, so this is how this works. The the uh the giant kilometer long or kilometers across coral ball it has a big membranous octopus uh like sort of umbrella uh that it drags along behind it, which ha- it has uh it 's all membranous flap and and at certain points along the flap there 's these little fighter ships also made of coral called coral skippers, which are tied to the flap uh and they use it for air braking, and for and for uh when they're when the dove in basils are too far away from from any gravity well to uh, to uh hook onto anything they u- they flap it out real good and use it as a oh, so they sp- flap it out real oh, good. they get their foldy flappy folds out uh they suck those flappy foldy flaps they they unfold this giant sail thing and use it as a solar sail. Yeah. And uh they do find out here that the cords have been gnawed through by something. Yeah, something got up there and gnawed the coo- the, the cords through. It probably was a one of them red crested cougars we were talking about back in chapter 1 and then never again. Probably Probably one of those animals that we've only ever mentioned once. We mentioned the animals, and ha- and, and then Yeoman Carr was like, Ooh, I'd like to fight one, because unlike a human, I am strong, and they are weak. Ooh, I like it when the cougar scratches me. Oh, the delicious pain. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then fucking Carr uh, gets to be boasty again, yeah. because they're like, All right, well, it's going to take me two days to fix it make it one day we got to get people out there and he's like oh won't they be surprised when they find that's not the only thing wrong oh, oh. yeah that's and then he no, oh, he doesn't look at the sunset yeah we have to get the sunset's my favorite part of this chapter and it's the end <laughs> but anyway uh while they're trying to repair the broken cable but don't know yet about the the uh bent up box at the top of the big satellite thing uh dagara is preparing his actual landing on the planet so this takes place over a couple of days and Dagar's landing is actually kind of neat. They flap out the foldy flaps and use them to slow their descent while also hooking onto a nearby planet that's behind them to slow them down even more. So when they land, it's just like this sort of blanket part of the planet with this giant kilometers across play balloon or play blanket. I mean, you basically have a giant parachute and then the little Dovin Basil things are Also pulling against it from some other gravity. Yeah, so it lands at a regular speed. They don't mention anything about like re entry or what and how and how it affects their coral planet, so I I assume it just doesn't. Yeah. Uh but yeah, they flop onto the planet like a giant like if he just threw an octopus at it. Yeah. I'm sure everything that the Yuzhan Vong does makes a gross splat noise. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. The Yuzhan Vong have already been to our galaxy. They gave us the technology for both GAC and (laughs) Flom. Thank you, Eugene Vong. Mm-hmm. You truly showed us the way. Briefly, in the in the early 90s, you came along and taught Nickelodeon how things must be. Early in the 90s, you came along and let us know that we couldn't say that on television. That's right. They started in the late 80s. Their their earliest invasion was a scout ship going into Canada and forming You Can't Do That on Television, <laughs> which would cover people in a primitive Eugene Vong pl- proto-slime if they ever said they didn't know. Yeah. So degara has got some stuff he needs to do. Yeah, he has to go get into here. his battle armor and what have you. Well, it's not really battle armor, it's survival armor. Yeah, he's going to go get into his exosuit, which is another Uglith. Yeah, it's the Uglith. what, like protector instead of the masker or yeah, something? Yeah, it, it's an Uglith suit. It has its own name, but it's just another rolled up skin beast. <laughs> That 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 you put on over your own skin, and every one of its tiny tendrils goes into every one of your supple pores. Oh, yes. It's a cloaker. And this is the point where he's like, oh, but unlike the masker, you can see my glorious scars. Right through my oogleth cloaker. A cloaker, by the way, is a Dungeons and Dragons monster if you weren't getting sick of those yet. (laughs) Now, my oogleth roper. (laughs) I was keeping him in this mimic. (laughs) My oogleth mimic. (laughs) My mimic is a villip. Uh, so the Uglith cloaker is transparent and is pretty much just a scuba suit, like a skin suit that yeah. protects you from it being cold. Yeah, it's a it's a cold water scuba suit. And even though he doesn't quite get as orgasm happy as say yeoman card he's still like "Ooh yeah that delicious pain oh the gentle pains of the oogleth cloaker mm, it pours right into my pores there is a point where he takes a couple of seconds to enjoy it yeah he's just like oh it hurts so badly but then he reaches in and pulls out yet another goopy thing to put on himself which is basically the yuzhan vong version of a face hugger mm-hmm in that he's got like a starfish that clamps around his face and sticks its dick down his mouth it sticks its giant proboscis dick way down into its his lungs uh, but instead of impregnating him like a face hugger it starts breathing for him well it sucks the water out of him out of him specifically and and converts that water into oxygen yeah it's a water to oxygen thing but he needs it because if he they're going to go underwater, and so it's going to turn his water into oxygen until they actually get underwater, and once it's underwater, it'll, it'll just turn the water around them. Yes, and I assume this thing eats hydrogen. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. At this point, we're not we're not really worrying too much about the ecology of the Yu Vong homeworld. It must suck there. It's just so. It's doofy. just inside the last last level of any Contra game. That's just what the whole planet looks like. The whole thing is just one big goop cavern. It's just a bunch of goop caverns with teeth sticking out of the walls. Ugh. So he uh, he goes out and meets up with all of his other Yu Vong troops who are similarly attired in cloakers and whatever the starfish was called. <laughs> and uh, the uh, starfishers, uh, a, a, a smoojless or something, <laughs> a. Smoogless. Hey, at this point, I can't tell the difference between my own usual like nonsense words and actually correct names for Yuuzhan Vong things. Uh, Wow, this one didn't get a name. It was just a star-shaped creature. What? It's a Smoogless, like I said. It's a Smoogless. Smug- like it's, it's a Smoogless. So uh, look, you go to the Wikipedia and check. All right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he meets all his similarly attired Yuzhan Vong brothers, and they begin deploying onto the planet, which mostly um, consists of lowering a giant ramp so the Yamosk can can get off the ship. And this is the best part, because the the Yamosk is basically like a giant three elephant size. It's as big as three elephants. I saw Yamosk big as four elephants riding the- around on 27 tentacles. So this thing kind of flops out onto the planet and deploys the coolest thing on a Yamask. It's one tooth. It is described as having a huge central tooth. Yeah, which, so, in my mind, yeah. if you've ever seen a cartoon with a baby in it and it's got one tooth that just sort of pokes out and it's like a square, mm-hmm. that is what I'm picturing here. I picture just like an extremely aged squid billy. I, I'm getting... The image of... (laughs) I mean, basically that, but a baby instead. Oh, okay. (laughs) And it begins to dig into the ice using its big central tooth. With the force of an ion cannon. And it's got some sort of weird, like, ooze secretion that it does so that the ice doesn't, like refreeze as it's digging in there how useful they brought a specifically ice cracking yamosk i guess but yeah, i think it, the yamosk just has acid tooth yeah it's got acid tooth it's got a really wicked case of acid tooth probably because of all that backy it's chewing but uh it goes <laughs> chomping on down into the ice and i'm just imagining a giant brain with one square tooth going oh it's delicious yeah, so, so this giant brain uh, yucks its way down into the water below. I'm sure what actually is supposed to happen is that its giant tooth sticks out of the like, squid beak at the bottom of this thing, and it uses its tentacles to lift up and slam down over and over again. But that is not what you picture. you no. hear, You hear this is a one-toothed monster, and your first thought is like, oh, so it's the front row of a Willie Nelson concert? Great, that's fine. <laughs> and it's only got three more tentacles. Ha. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Them olden jokes. yeah. Anyway, it slams its way down to the liquidy core of the planet and then slurps down in there. Yeah. And they in order to follow this thing down, they're like, Oh, we gotta get in there quick, because this is such a cold planet, the ice is gonna refreeze. Mm-hmm. But we brought in a hot tube monster <laughs> and a hot meat tube this hot tube monster <laughs> that will keep the ice from re freezing mm-hmm. because it's such a hot tube of meat and they, and they have to wait a while to do this because the the ooze off the the uh Yamask is very dangerous i think it probably turns them into like tokas and razars <laughs> well you that's it, the secret yeah you don't want to touch that the secret of that ooze is that david warner was in that movie <laughs> Hmm. Uh, okay, so and wasn't a villain. Amazingly, no, right. he's just the hapless scientist of the yeah. film. Yeah, uh, but no, they 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 deploy th- or unfurl their hot meat tube, their, yeah. their, their fleshy tendril of hot beef, <laughs> and ride that baby all the way down. Boy, is it ever veiny with hot throbbing power! Ooh, it's so hot in there. Yeah, unfortunately, this thing doesn't get a name, so we don't know what it's called. No, there's there's a point where I think Salvatore went, and he was like. Wow, I've really gotten myself in deep with these dumb names. I'm done. Speaking of getting in deep, let's unfurl this dickleth. (laughs) Yeah, they roll out the hogloth, and that goes down into the ice. (laughs) Uh, It's it's hot enough that it won't refreeze around it, and apparently, they don't say this directly, but you can just walk around inside this beast. Yeah, it's a hollowed chute. Mm Mm-hmm. With warm air on the inside, so warm that it can't have the ice reform. Yeah, and that's basically their one lifeline to the surface. Yes, so they, they're going to go down there, in there, and build a base around that underwater Yamask. Yeah, uh, and, and then the rest of the like pilots of the little coral skipper guys are mm-hmm. prepping their nonsense the, up above. Yeah, they're like reflapping the foldy flaps or something. Yeah. And uh then we cut back to the planet where everyone's disappointed because the asteroid that was supposed to murderify the or the comet now that was supposed to murderify the water planet. Well they at first they're like, "Ooh, I thought it was going to miss the planet because it was accelerating, but it looks like the planet's gravity got it anyway. Yeah, It's going to hit in 3, 2, nothing happened. What the fuck? Yeah, so it just sort of flaps down and splats on the ice. And they're all like, "Ah, what? Ha- now we got to go out and investigate because that had a soft landing. This isn't good. What the heck? Aww. Uh. hey, and did you-, you get the communications tower fixed? Well, the only thing I can do to fix them, boss, is at this point is go all the way to the very top of the communication tower and check to see if there's anything wrong there. So you've but- maybe wa- someone walked up there and loosened the connections. But I mean, I'm not going to do that. Let's not be crazy. Now, Danny's like. Go do that. You're go a dumbass. Yeah. Danny Kui, I think, is probably going to survive this because she seems to know nonsense not to. And they're like, well, okay, but how are we going to tell everyone that we just watched something splat onto that planet? And she's like, well, we do have a spaceship. Yeah. Just a crap, garbage, junk scow of a ship that apparently barely even like made it off of the ground last time they tried to use it. Yeah. And it's called like the Space Jumper or the something. The Space Caster. The Space Caster. So they have to get on their Space Caster and go up and try and send a message from space. Meanwhile, Noman, or Yeoman Carr is just sitting there like, Oh, little do these humans know, I've stabbed a fork into my balls. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's not, that's these, a- these bumbling, undisciplined scientists know. Oh, they'll never figure out that I've crammed a sea urchin up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. What he actually thinks is, even if they fix the tower, it's already too late. Their whole planet will burn around them in three to four days. And I'm like, okay, that must be something you're doing, because there's no way that the Yuzhan Vong are going to pla- uh, bother to invade a forest planet with eight people on it. Well, you know, they might. <laughs> we have to stop those cougars. <laughs> that's our plan here in this new galaxy, is to kill all the cougars, and then we'll move on. Oh, no, don't kill all the cougars. Won't someone think of Jennifer Aniston? Yes, we will. Yes, that's right. And then we'll kill her. Ah. <laughs> no. no, but like... uh I think, but he's then he's looks out into the sunset out around them, and he's like, "Ah, a lot of green and brown in tonight's sunset." My dweebits are doing their work. <laughs> oh, my dweebits! What people don't know right now is that I'm toasting my dweebits with a lighter. <laughs> I put my dweebits in a little torsion device. <laughs> Uh, I microwaved a a, a wet sock for several minutes, and then I stuffed my dweebits in there. (laughs) Such delicious pain. Hurts so good. (laughs) So dweebits are apparently those beetles he infested the planet with. Yeah. That's the dumbest name. I mean, it's spelled the way it sounds. Dweebits. It sounds like a, like, like the kind of, it sounds like an ice cream cookie. Dweebits? Yeah. Oh, dweebits! it. Come on down and let's (laughs) let's all eat a peanut butter dweebits. You could they're the ones with the nerd glasses on every sandwich. If you come on down to Scobo's, you get a free dweebit with every chunky meal. <laughs> oh, as long as you're going to do that, why not kick me directly into Scobo's? <laughs> I once cut my Scobo open! <laughs> uh, I put a mousetrap on my Scobo's. <laughs> it was delightful. Mm. Let me show you the scars. <laughs> This makes me an honorable warrior. Ugh. Ugh, I can't. I know we're gonna have to deal with his dumbass for the rest of this book. But I'm like Yoman you are the worst. He is. It's funny because he's not the Eugene Vaughn. The rest of them don't seem to spend nearly as much time as he does on on uh, self care, shall we say? <laughs> uh- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm going to go into the bathroom again. I do something with a pregnancy test that is just foul. <laughs> Excuse me, I must have private time in my room with a ball peen hammer. No <laughs> matter what you hear, do not come in! <laughs> so so anyway, that's chapter five. Yep. That's, uh, that's a lot of Yuzhen Vong business. And then we're going to jump right back over to Coruscant, or adjacent to Coruscant, about two Coruscant hours adjacent. out. Coruscant adjacent. About two hours out from Coruscant, aboard the Jade Sabre. Yes, indeed. And uh, they are coming in... For a landing with, uh, Jaina is basically doing all the piloting at this point. Uh, Mara was, like, hanging out there, but she got tired and was like, fuck it, man, I don't care, you can <laughs> pilot the ship, whatever. Basically, she's doing it as a show of trust to her mentee. She's like, hey, uh, I trust you so much that I'm gonna let you fly us to, uh, to this planet all by yourself. And he, I won't even look over your shoulder anyway, I gotta go take a nap, because I'm you know, ridiculously sick. Yeah, yeah. And and everyone's treating this like it's a huge opportunity for Jaina. And I'm like, man, she was flying a ship when she was four. I don't understand why everyone's babying her now. I don't know. What, I don't know what the difference is. Also, she just did ridiculous dumb nonsense. Yeah. Like two chapters ago, dodging a whole bunch of uh, headhunters. And now they're like, ooh, she's going to land on a planet. You're like, yeah. Who gives a shit? Obviously, Leia, she can. Leia was o- already leading guerrilla incursions against the Empire when she was 16, and yet, and yeah, but Leia. Well, you know, that's just the way it is. You grow up into a that's mom. That's just the way it is. Some yeah. things will never change. When you become a mom, you become mothering. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And so, uh, and so she's so Leia, Leia shows, shows up and in. is like, oh, my daughter alone. My goodness, mm, this will never do. We're, we're, why am I doing the Yo- the Eugene Vong voice for her? <laughs> I'm sorry, daughter. Oh, I was my in the, daughter alone? I was in the other room aggressively pinching my scobos. <laughs> daughter, I see you're alone. Perhaps you would like this butter knife? <laughs> I don't need to tell you what to do with it. No, and I can't use it on my own dweebits anymore. <laughs> They've developed powerful calluses. Everything was. I, I don't know if you knew this, but everything was uh, was uh, uh, not specifically a part of genitalia we were talking about earlier. You didn't know, did you? <laughs> Non-specific. E- everyone has scobos and dweebits. Yep, everyone. You and me, John. We all got squeebits and jobos or whatever. And <laughs> jobos. <laughs> <laughs> we got jobos and we got squeezits. Because I see, go down to Squee-Bits and get a jobo. Because you see, back in the '90s when the Yu-Jan-Vong Vong first invaded Canada, they also introduced the Squee-It. <laughs> It was called the squeebit, but they then everyone it. thought, oh, squeeze it? Cause uh, cause yeah, sque- that sounds Because you squeezed them, and they were like, no, you fools, they're called squeebits because they hit you with the dweebits. <laughs> Duh. And everyone used them wrong. You're supposed to microwave them for 45 seconds and then pour the liquid over your dweebits. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, so Leia's like, okay, well, I guess we can let you fly the ship. How far are we from Coruscant? Oh, like Two hours. We're yeah. like two hours, because Mara, Mara instructed me to land, or to come out of hyperspace way before we get to Coruscant, because there's a lot of traffic there. Yeah, because Coruscant is ridiculously crowded with orbital traffic. Yes. Uh, so, we're still about two hours out, so really, I'm just flying, I pretty much just pointed the ship at Coruscant and I'm going. There's nothing here. Yeah, it's no, I'm not really piloting as much as I am babysitting the ship to make sure nothing blows up. Yeah. So, Leia's like, well, all that's well and good, but I'm going to go wake up Mara Jade now. And and uh, Jane is like, but I could land the ship. You really don't need to do that. That's this is silly. And Leia is like, well, I want to because I'm your mom. Mm. But but what she says is, it would be rude for us to land the ship without Mara's permission. Yeah, that would be, you know, a show of horrible distrust to be like, I'm gonna land your ship without you. If I land your ship, then. Ooh, what an insult. But, Mom, she seemed really sick and tired. Ooh, and, what an insult, I say! I mean, maybe you could land Ooh, it. Ooh, <laughs> my dweebits! <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, anyway, she, Leia goes back to wake up Mara Jade. And Mara Jade is clearly crying. Mara Jade is weeping softly when Leia gets there, and she was like ooh, ooh, do I want to... Oh, should I bother I her? I better knock and go and be intrusive about this. I like that she has a second of, oh, should I Should I actually go in here? And then she just knocks and opens the door. Yeah. Like, doesn't even wait for a come in, just knock, knock, hey, I'm here! Yeah, she, well, she lays up the situation a little. Uh, so she, she lets herself in, and sure enough, Mara's lying sideways on the bed, uh, wiping tears away, but clearly she has been crying quietly in the room. Yes. Uh, and... Leia's like, "Hey, what's what's going on? What, what's we're, what's your we're, uh, what's your deal? What's your deal?" And she's like, "I don't want to talk about it. I'm fine. I had a bad dream. I slept weird. Leave me alone." Uh, I it, love that Leia's like, "You have to tell me. me. It's it's your it's imperative." But then she remembers who she's talking to, and she's like, "Oh wait, never mind. No, you. don't. I'm sorry. Whoa, hold on. That was ooh, that was a real real dick move." of I me. forgot. There's like four people in the galaxy. I can't pull that shit with. And uh, and you're like three of them, so so yeah. Sorry, ooh. And and uh, Mara's like, no, no, no. Okay, we can talk about this. The horrible disease I have attacked me today, and it has specifically attacked my womb. And I love that Leia's like, oh, but uh, was it a bad attack? She's like, no, but it attacked my womb. Specific- and Leia's, huh? So were you able to fight it off then? Yes, but my womb, and it takes three times before Leia's like, Oh, you're yeah. worried about babies. You, Leia's like, you know, speaking as an older woman who's already had all three of her kids, I'm not especially invested in whatever the fuck you're talking about. Uh, in fact, I think your womb is probably some kind of gross alien. I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. Well, I mean, if you're a Eugene Vong, it probably is. <laughs> yes. I've replaced my womb with a womb bit.
1: <laughs> it has
0: square poops. It grows a baby in there, then fires it out of me like a cannon. Ah, the first scar on my newborn child. <laughs> bangs again the wall for honor instead of crying it hits the wall and goes yes <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be really hard to raise Yu yuzhan vong baby given that they find everything they-, they never cry about anything they're just like "Ooh, i have soiled my diaper <laughs> uh, i demand that you make me smell the contents of my diaper but that's not pain it would humiliate me such that it would cause me pain now uh, you're saying the Jen Vong are into humiliation. Play. I am a baby. <laughs> I've been a very bad, naughty boy, and you need to tell me that. We don't grow out of the humiliation thing until we're in our 15s or 16s. <sighs> now punish me. Punish! <laughs> okay, so so uh, Mara Jade's like, no, I attack my womb, and I'm pretty sure I want to have kids. Luke and I talked about that way back in the day when we were first getting interested in each other, and we both want kids, but... But now I can't have kids because like, I'm not sure if I'll pass the disease on. Yeah, who knows if, you know, if I have a kid, it'll they'll get the disease or they'll just die inside of me. Or I'll die from the stress of having a kid. I don't know if I'll ever be able to have them and I want to. And plus, what if I just have the disease the rest of my life Then I'll never have kids either? And Leia's like, they're there. Anyway, we're about to land. Yeah, could you <laughs> please come watch my daughter? She's flying the ship through vast emptiness with no one watching her. <laughs> <laughs> she's very safely pointed towards mm, a planet where if anything would go wrong, the most people would be able to help. Yeah, they'd just shoot her with a tractor beam and pull her to one of those skyhook things. Oh, but no, God. but yeah, get over yourself. I mean, she isn't really that callous here. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You, wh- Hopefully you, you, I mean, you can fight the disease, right? You've been living a good life. Yeah, you can. Oh, you'll beat it. Don't you worry. You'll have babies and and then and, and jana will have babies and everyone's gonna have babies you'll see I, what i'm wondering at this point is if she alone can fight the disease to a standstill what would like three more jedi helping her be able to do like if she just grabbed like worth skitter and luke and some of these like solo kids and we're like all right let's all fight the disease at once with the force in some vaguely ill-defined way well that's the thing is because it's the force and it's ill-defined you can't do that What the Force can and can't do is really up to the author, and the author's like, nah, this has to be a thing that Mara Jade struggles with, sorry. Yeah, until she eventually gets solved, and I will tell you now, John, because it does not happen in this book, by the tears of a different Jedi. Good. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, sorry, spoiler alert for a book I don't even know the name of. She gets gets healed by the tears of a bird gray Jedi, the end. Yeah. It won't happen here and it won't happen for sixteen more books because I believe it's a post Yuzhan Vong thing. Huh. So uh Wow, okay. she <laughs> she carries that shit for a while. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it happens in the middle, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so Mara is willing to like wipe her eyes and go up to the front hmm? because Leia says something about, like, Luke babysitting someday, and she's like, oh, teehee, won't that be funny? That will be fun to watch him have to babysit. Oh, yes. Uh, it, but, uh, I would have liked for this to end with her being like, all right, fine, I'll go sit in the cockpit again. No, you get your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're too tired. Why don't you lie down? Oh. Absolute... oh. But anyway, Leia's not a turd in that fashion, so... <laughs> Not in that fashion. No, nope, just in, in several other fashions. Uh, okay, so meanwhile, on the surface of the planet Coruscant, yes, it's time for Jason and Anakin to have some brotherly—they don't like competition. It turns out they don't like each other very much. Well, they have very uh, op- opposite viewpoints on. What the force should be there for. Yes. So the two of them, like, uh, Jason is walking around looking for Anakin, and he can tell where Anakin is real easy, because Anakin is always practicing with that force orb targeting thing. Yeah, he can hear the lightsaber woozing noises, and he's like, oh, he's fucking practicing again. All right. He's always practicing with his lightsaber and that target uh, drone. So he goes off to find him, and he's like... You know. I was so worked up after that fucking council meeting that now I just want to get into a fight with my brother. Yeah, he literally just wants to go argue with his brother again. with an In an argument they have apparently had a million times. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know exactly what I need to say to make my brother get into an argument with me, and that's what I'm going to do. So it turns out that, uh, that well, for, it starts with the two of them just saying some non sequiturs at each other. for like It's just weird dialogue for a long time. But eventually what it really boils down to is that Anakin is 100% a a Republic loyalist. Well, he's also super into the idea of the crusading Jedi Knight. Yeah, he wants to become a crusading Jedi Knight, go out in the world and use his lightsaber and his training to right wrongs. Yeah, he is thinking of Jedi as, you know, like knights of old that go around and make sure that wrongs are righted and whatnot, whereas Jason is like, Jason, the Force should just be used to... Look inward and meditate upon. Basically what it comes down to... I'm the most boring person. Well, here's what it comes down to. Anakin is 14 and uh, hasn't yet discovered emo music. And so he's excited about just doing what his dad does and being his dad, having a good time. Where his 17-year-old gothy Jason is like, No, I think you should use the force to sit in your room and ponder philosophy. You should light a black candle and just stare at it, man. It can't rain all the time. (laughs) Uh, unless you're on one of those planets where its thing is that it rains all the time because this is star wars and every planet has one thing it does yeah okay well the so there's the argument they have basically boils down to anakin wants to use the force for the good of the people Uh, jason thinks you should also do that but not until you've completely used the force for the good of yourself and not in a selfish way but in a like sit there and understand and become the force way yeah the force is something that isn't a tool to be used by a Jedi, but something to become one with. Yeah. Uh, you're, his, his philosophy is to become a conduit for the Force, which requires an incredibly vast amount of, of inner self-reflection. Yeah. Um, I'm not wielding the Force. The Force wields me. Yes. Uh, and, and the end result is that Anakin's like, yeah, but I'm spending all my time training with this lightsaber so I can be good at it in a pinch. Meditating won't save me if a battle breaks out around here. And so Jason has to be like, oh, yeah? I'll fucking come at me, bro. <laughs> so the two of them have a lightsaber duel. They close all the doors and they start fighting with lightsabers. And they make a big point about how they shouldn't be doing this because lightsabers don't have safety features. Yeah, if anyone found out, they would be super pissed that they were doing this. Yeah, and it turns out Anakin is very, very good with a lightsaber. Uh, and they do have a few things where it's like, at some point, Anakin like starts really wailing on uh Jason like trying to batter through his defenses he also gets scores the first point he uh, and yeah Jason is like oh giving into the anger huh and then Anakin has to be like fuck God damn it! Oh, all right fine uh, caught me okay uh, but then Jason wins the fight by pulling one of those like i ducked when i should have blocked tricks and just i ducked instead of parry haha oh and now i've whipped your lightsaber away from you uh, and then you know they they fight for a long time and and they have this honestly fairly interesting conversation. It's a little too much for fourteen year old Anakin to be all this deep in this conversation. Uh, but whatever, they're advanced kids. <laughs> These are advanced kids, Mark. Yeah. So, Anakin desperately does want to see his uncle reconnect, or, or uh. I don't remember if he wants the Jedi Council or not. Yes. He He, wants the Jedi Council because he wants Jedi Knights to be a thing. And Jason doesn't want the Jedi Council, which is weird because right now the Jedi Council is the thing that stops... Or that would stop Jedi from wandering around like idiots and doing whatever they want. Yeah, but he thinks if a Jedi Council is made it'll be beholden to the Senate and yeah. be used as like a, a tool. Yeah, it will still will end up being galactic police whether you want to be a policeman or not. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because you think you could just opt out of doing Jedi stuff and basically turn in your badge and your, and your lightsaber and be like, hey, I'm just going to go sit and meditate. That's the kind of Jedi I am. Yeah. So, meh. But anyway, he doesn't want the Jedi Council, Anakin really, really does, and I can see why. He's grown up his whole life watching his his, un- his uncle run around being a rad Jedi everywhere all over yeah, the galaxy. Yeah, he's like, dude, my uncle used the Force to blow up the Death Star, why are you telling me I should use the Force to sit in a room and listen to the cure? Exactly, he doesn't want to fall in with this newfangled thinking, he's like, shit, that, fuck that, I've spent 14 years waiting for my chance to run around the galaxy like a weird idiot and discover planets and get a free X-Wing. Dude, my, Worth Skitter is my boy. Yeah, that's he, my dude. That's my hero. Is this this uh, apparent almost dark side guy? That's like, yeah, I'll kill anyone I can. Woo! It's. Fu- I mean, that's been Luke for forever. Yeah. Every time Luke's like, I don't want to murder you, but I'm going to murder all of you. I'm going to murder 114 X. Uh, th- th- he does that in the in the uh, Shadow of the Empire book so bad. Yeah. Where he's just like, oh, what is the 60 bounty hunters? Two bounty hunters now, fuckers. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I didn't need to kill any of you. Uh, uh Lightside. So, yeah. Uh, after that, Jason's like, eh, heh, heh, fuck off, buddy. I won. And, and Anakin's like, I'll get you next time. And so, uh, Jason leaves and runs across Han and Chewbacca arguing... No, this this has the stupidest beginning. He watches Chewbacca jump out of the spaceship. Yeah, he's like, wow, that looked like a really cool jump, but it turns out he was just getting zapped in the butt by Han. Oh, he got smoke and sparks coming out of his bottom. Oh, his bum bum go oopsies. Yeah, they actually use the phrase bottom, so... Now... I don't want to be as down on this as I'm about to be. Mm-hmm. I'm about to be very negative on something, but this is the first book where they try to actually transliterate Chewbacca's noises and they all come into as, his speech. It looks like he's just screaming. Yes, because instead of it being a lot of, like, gurgles and... Like W's and R's and whatnot. Yeah, like it's half just, gargles and y- and horns. It's just A's and an H or three at the end, yeah. so it just sounds like, "Hey Chewbacca, what do you think?" Ah, ah! <laughs> really, Chewbacca? Ah! Ah! Yeah, it really does feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's human style screaming. Oh man! So he gets fired out of the out of the Falcon by a cartoonish shock to the butt. Which, by the way, Yeoman Carr's all, ah, someone's getting shocks to the butt and no one thought to call old Yeoman Car. <laughs> oh, why wasn't I invited to the butt shocking? I'd like to get flung bodily out of a spaceship by my bottom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just run- he's mad because his butt got burnt. So he runs up to Jason and he's like, the Falcon's all fucked up in his scream language. And Jason's like, I didn't do that. That was Anakin. And he's- ah well no. ah, ah <laughs> well no we're not we're not all the same ah, it, you're talking about Anakin that's that's my younger brother i didn't do any of this ah. <laughs> and eventually hans like chewie get back in here i need to burn your butt some more <laughs> uh, so then we see uh that's the end of sort of that scene uh then mara jaina and c3po get to actually come down to where the falcon is because leia's headed off to talk to the council about what happened yeah she has to go give a report to the council uh about the ramamulians and the ossarians and everyone gets to like go report into what happened to someone so c-3po's like oh Artu, we met the rudest person and i got to give him a snap back at the end of the conversation oh you wouldn't believe my clap back Uh, oh my god (laughs) look at his butt uh it's been burned what happened chewbacca (laughs) And then, uh, you know, Mara gets to go hang out with Luke and yeah, they have a little hug session and, uh, Han sends Chewie to escort Leia to the council meeting because if there's one thing every book needs is some Leia and Chewie and none of them want to be there. Yeah. (laughs) But at least Chewbacca's like, good, fuck it. I've had enough of Han for today. Yeah, that was actually pretty great. They were like, Chewie was like, why am I being sent here? Oh, it's because Han's sick of me and I'm sick of Han. I got it. If we spent any more time in the bowels of that ship, one of us would have got into a fight and I would have won. Yeah, so he's been sent along this way. But as he escorts Leia to the council meeting, and this is the thing we'll start with, I guess, because why not? As he escorts Leia to the council meeting, she gets separated from him and one of the senators comes out. Well, yeah, because he's not allowed in the council chambers. Yeah, so he's so hanging around outside them. He's just been hanging around this town on the corner. Yeah, everyone loves references to old Counting Crow songs. <laughs> they're 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 fucking crazy for it. They are hungry for it. I mean, to be fair, last night in some in, in a in a chat thread that we were in in the middle of a game, I was re- I was listing Lucy's fur coat songs as if that counts as a joke. <laughs> uh, okay, but anyway. Um, I forget which one of the. It's like Fyodor. Or, yeah. It's. Uh, Fyodor. It's or, the Rodan. Yeah. Fyodor it's Rodan. It's Fior Rodan. Fior Rodan comes out, and and he's just like, ah, a Wookiee. Let me upbraid you about my feelings about Kashyyyyk. Ah, uh, uh, trade regulations and Wookiees and. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I've got problems with. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to talk your ear off about it. Uh, so when Leia finally get, finishes reporting to the rest of the council, I guess, because this dude should have been there. Um. She comes out, and sure enough, (laughs) Chewie has stuffed him into a closet and hung him from a coat hook. Yeah, he has just picked up Rodan, hung him in a closet, and is like, you stay there. You stay there. Quit yelling at me about trade regulations. I won't hear the end of this. No, I'll I'll tell Tryback on you. You know who that is. All you Wookiees know each other, yes? (laughs) And as they get out and Leia sees that... (laughs) just closes the closet door on him. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, shut up. She's like, it, it, "She's like, Chewy, you can't do that to sitting senators in the council. What do you... Ah! Ah! <laughs> 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 she's, and she's like, eh, you know what? Someone else will find him. It's fine. It's Someone will find him. And yeah. we'll be gone by then, so it's okay. I, I, I kind of hope that she was like, oh, sorry, Fior. I'll squirt him on the nose with my squirt bottle. <laughs> click, click. So, I just can't do a thing with him. I, sorry. I, yeah, he's Honestly, he should have died by now. I don't know what this... He's got so much mange. (laughs) Click, click, click. Uh. And then the two of them are happy and they walk off. Yeah. So they head back to the Falcon... And Leia and Luke meet up. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, let me tell you a little something about Worth Skitter. Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck. Don't get me started on Worth Skitter. I will address this problem. That dude will get a talking to. Do not worry about it. Yeah. Because they're basically calling him out. They're like, that dude did not need to help us. He came out there because he saw a chance to kill people. Yeah. He was like, ooh, I want to go be a hero. Mm -hmm. And to me, that means blowing up ships in space. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, uh, one problem at a time. And honestly, that's been my <laughs> my uh, my go-to move for 30 years, Leia. So lay off, all right? Come on. <laughs> you know how many TIE Fighters are paint? That's why my X-Wing is black now. That's not a paint job color. That's TIE Fighters. <laughs> uh, Yeah. So they have a little thing about that. And then, of course, he's talking to her about the council yeah. and how they are just absolute garbage dumpster people no one likes the ca- what a bunch of clowns in the council am i right <laughs> what a bunch of clowns
1: uh, es- especially
0: clowness b from planet clown <laughs> clown is ness <Venus. laughs> the senator from planet clown will you please stand up and address the council <laughs> <laughs> if you'll look to this clown vehicle you'll see it's stuffed with supporters of my proposition <laughs> <laughs> And what do the Wookiees have to say about this? Ah, <laughs> ah. I'm glad they didn't do that to back during the council. Yeah, that would have been real <laughs> distracting. So, anyway, Mara and, and Luke manage to meet up as well. They get a big hug from each other, and, and Luke's like, hey, you want to go on a long ride with me out to the, why, why? the outer rim? Let's all go. Everybody, <laughs> let's go to the outer rim. Why? What's out there? What do we need to meet with? Oh, I'll tell you on the way. And Leia immediately was like, Oh, it's Jedi, isn't it? It's Jedi crap. Oh, and she has two of these because first she's like, oh, it's Jedi crap, isn't it? And he's like, yep. And then Han's like, also, we're going to see our old buddy Lando. We're going to get to see our old pal Lando. And Leia's like, oh, I hate that guy. Every time we see Lando, I get arrested or you get frozen or I get thrown into a sun or I don't. I don't want to see Lando. Lando is your friend, not my friend, Han. Oh, I don't even think he's your friend. Play <laughs> well, yeah, at a party. Let's go. Like right behind Han the whole time. <laughs> they've been there for like 15 minutes, and she's like, "Can we please leave now? I just, I just don't want to be here. Uh, I don't have anything in common with any of these people. I don't know what to say to Lobot." <laughs> He's probably human, but I want to treat him like an alien? I don't know. Uh, do I Do I take him as property? Is he a droid? He's enough droid that I should just put him in my ship and fly away with him. Right? I mean, uh, uh, it's so uncomfortable. I don't... Can we just... I, I'm so sick of playing Settlers of Catan 5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, and Mara's coming, Han and Leia are coming, and let me say... Thank every deity that they're not like, oh no, only two of us are going to go. The other four of us are going to fuck off to something that doesn't matter. We're going to do a different adventure. We're going to have some adventure that doesn't matter and we'll meet up with you in the last chapter. Uh, Luke, I can't, uh, Luke's not going to go. He heard there's a mustache Jedi in the mustache caves of (laughs) Dantooine. Ah, yes, in the mustache nebula. (laughs) You know, in the mustache part of space. (laughs) uh Uh, so yeah everyone's going and they're going to take two ships they're going to take the jade saber and the falcon if they could get it fixed yeah thanks for stopping by the uh sound effects clown from clown five (laughs) uh and of course leia has to end off the chapter with Oh, that Mara Jade, she won't let anything stop her. She's so strong and brave, and I'm so glad she's a mentor to my daughter, and I'm not jealous even a little bit. I don't know how she's doing it. Maybe it's the Force. Maybe it's Maybelline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's the end of the chapter. We have the setup for actually all of our heroes to go do something? Yeah, they're even taking all the kids. It's a caravan party. This is so exciting to me. It is the only book we've had where it's not, I'm going to go fuck off somewhere, blah-blah! I mean, even the movies very rarely have all the characters in one place. I mean, they do. Rarely. Like, meeting scenes and on Jabba's sail barge, for the most part. Most of the time, it's like Luke's off on Dagobah and everyone else is in Cloud City, or... Luke's always wandering around. <laughs> Luke's wandering around. Yeah. This town. everyone's On yeah. the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for December because I feel like it's going to be a long one. <laughs> 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 hey, Mr. John and me. <laughs> there you go. There was our two chapters. Yeah. And all the counting and crow songs I'm aware of. Every single Counting Crow song. That I'm aware of. That Jeff is aware of. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's more. It's not like I ever had an album. Well, yeah, Jeff's awareness is a Counting Crow song. You don't know. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh there you go. That was the chapters. Uh we'll see you in a week with yet more exciting opportunities for Star Wars Adventure. Yeah. Uh but if you haven't had quite enough Star Wars in your life, we've got bonus content for you. We are gonna go deep diving. We're going to put on our oogleth protectors, mm-hmm. and we are going to put a starfish on our face and have its dick down our throat and uh, dive deep. I think we called them grum, grum, Grumleks. Gro- Grobliths. Grobl- Grobliths. <laughs> uh, Josh Grobliths. <laughs> They're called Josh Groblins. and uh... <laughs> These Josh Groblins, <laughs> we're going to put on our face and deep dive into Wikipedia Sit on our face, Josh stuff. Groblin. <laughs> Put that on the t shirt. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> uh anyway, sorry. Yeah, please please continue. I'll stop talking about Josh Groblin sitting on my face. <laughs> I already did. Oh, okay. For yeah. for just a mere two dollars uh, at persist- Patreon.com slash systemmaster. Yeah, it's like four bucks a month total to get our bonus content for this level. You will unlock weekly Star Wars bonus content where we go to Wikipedia and talk about Josh Groblin sitting on our faces. And so much more. Well, a lot more. Hopefully it's, it, more. It's very rarely that, actually. It's usually other things. Uh, yeah, that's how you do it. That's at system or patreon.com slash systemmastery. Otherwise, you can find us as System Mastery uh, wherever fine books are sold. Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, Reddit. That's our name everywhere. So feel free to get in contact with us and tell your friends to listen uh, because we need money. We do. Yeah. We need money to keep the lights on and keep us flush in Star Wars books. Oh, for Christ. You know, people have been telling us recently that, that we should go to the new Star Wars exhibit and review it, like the Star Wars at uh, Disneyland thing. Oh, the the Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, people are like, why don't you guys go to Galaxy's Edge and do a trip report? And I've just been, like, laughing in their face. Because like, I don't have that money? No, yeah, because if I had that money, I would roll it into my daughter. I would... If I had Galaxy's Edge money, do you think I would go to Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> Oh, you got McDonald's money. <laughs> uh, one small black coffee, please. <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. <laughs> there you have it. Ah! Ah! <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening. I've been Elansley's Bagiano, and Ah! ah!